good afternoon and welcome to Print City Podcast. This time we're joined in the studio by Ravi Tor and uh, we'll find about him a lot about him as we, as we go along. So uh, my name's Peter Goff and I'm the, I think I'm the official host, Emma. But, uh, you are, you are. I'll pass round to my, my right. Hello, Ed- Edmund Keefe. I'm a 3D print manager at Print City. Uh, Craig Banks, Professor of Chemistry, Academic Leads for Print City. Hello, Ravi Tor, Founder, Managing Director of Filamentive. Okay, many thanks, Ravi. Thanks for joining us today after your non-arduous trip down the M62. It must have been quite <laughs> forgiving this morning to get here for quarters. Su- surprisingly, it was, it was very, very not very quiet, but it was just about an hour. There was no uh, lorries on fire. It <laughs> <laughs> always helps. That's usually outside Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Filamentive is a sustainable 3D printing material company founded in 2015 which converts industry plastic waste into usable 3D printing filaments. So, um, from what I've read, less than 3% of plastics used mm. to recycle, uh, resulting in millions of tonnes of waste. I think it's been most recently highlighted by Sky's um, Ocean Rescue, mm. um, which they've actually built into their app as well. as an Ocean Rescue tab, so they're making it their uh, flag to fly for this particular year. You started, uh, Ravi, with um, A-levels in biology, geography and business. Indeed. I'm an admissions tutor. That's a strange mix of subjects, as if you weren't sure what you wanted to do. (laughs) So what was the reason you picked those? Uh, I think you've got a good eye there. Yeah, it's, um, I think as I was saying a bit earlier uh, in the talk, it's, I wasn't necessarily sure what I wanted to do. you know, I was I was decently strong academically. I I enjoyed certain subjects, and uh, even though I wanted to do business eventually, it wasn't necessarily uh, from the get go as it turned out. Um, I think there was even a small bit of uh, almost a cultural family pressure, especially in like the Indian culture, that you sort of you should really go to university. Um, Obviously, there's the stereotypical like doctor, lawyer, you know, dentist route, which wasn't for me. I wasn't uh, massively strong. I did AS chem, uh, well, A level chemistry, uh, which turned into just AS, um, <laughs> which, which. So that's one you dro- you took four and you dropped that one. Took four, a general studies, so five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So that's, um, a, that's a lot, isn't it? Really. Yeah, it was the school. They did encourage you to take, you know, four or five, mm. and I sort of thought, well, we'll we'll just. Uh, the weakest <laughs> right. so you planned on studying economics at Leeds but you change your mind through clearing to do mm. uh, a BA in environment and business course gamble that paid off I think in hindsight in hindsight but um, you know even going back to the previous question I I didn't even do economic a level I just thought it sounds relatively interesting it's quite varied it might lead to a few things um, you know, clearing's not 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 the nicest process. It is a bit of a lottery, isn't it? So absolutely, something, I wasn't. Something must have changed your mind, though. Something must have thought, well, I've got an offer maybe here, but really, I'm not so sure. So, yeah, I, I did. I did have my uh, backup, which is from University of Bradford, which is where I'm from, which uh, is just forty miles up the M62. Um, but I, yeah, it, it reading the course description it, it did appeal to me it did sound different and uh strangely with the weird combination of a levels it did encompass like all three in a weird way and i kind of thought why not it's it's a good university uh, i'm being told sometimes that that helps and um it's I, th- I think it was a sort of not necessarily the environmental point but it was something business 
So I thought, okay, what, what, literally, why not give it a go? And uh, September 2013, that, that's when I did. But it seems to be that those two components of that BA, the environment and business course, are just exactly where you are. It seems <laughs> you, it was a it was a gamble that paid off. I think we can safely Indeed. assume. So if we go back to you, age 15, we've got a young Ravi there, and <laughs> he's, uh, your first venture was selling iPods and phone accessories online. Um, what did you learn about business at this early age? I, th- I think at that point it was something I found. Yeah, it was it was quite fun. Um, it was quite fun, and um, you do learn. It's not just about the selling. You're dealing with suppliers. Uh, negotiation comes into it. Um, even weirdly, cultural awareness because you're speaking with people in the Far East, and uh, obviously th- their English is much better than my Mandarin or Cantonese. But yeah. uh, sometimes the language is a bit different, and uh, you've got to learn to be quite direct especially speaking something in a foreign language I, I did I, did, I learned that at that point um I'd also learned about uh, e-commerce uh, online selling because uh, we were selling these items on eBay so a lot of skills rolled into one and it's not until you reflect on it you realize what you did learn it's you just you jump in and you'll you'll sort of learn learn as you're doing and going along so you've got an on at filament if you've got an online you buy your products online now yep. presumably yes yeah. so that's I think we mentioned before in these podcasts about connecting the dots going backwards <laughs> and you realise things that you did in the past, how much they've helped mm. you going forward. But your dad's got his own printing business and how did he help you? Yeah, so he um, he, he started that, uh, you know, came to the UK at 18 uh, to, to get married, uh, is what happened in Indian culture. He's, you know, started a printing business, which is a sort of, you know, lithography, typical, you know, 2D printing, uh, leaflets, banners and... He's very much be uh, being a mentor, uh, and I think a mentor is vital uh, in anything in life. It's not just business; it's you know, being able to have somebody as a sounding board. Uh, obviously, sometimes we all think we know best, and there's always times where I think I do. But he's been a very big influence. You know, even some of the skills in business. You know, what taxes, what VAT is. You know, what what you need to you know be able to give to an accountant how you should conduct business in meetings uh, and again uh, going back to the previous point uh, Pete it's you don't necessarily how valuable that person's been until you reflect and you can't just take it for granted you think oh it's just just my dad he's there to help me but you so realize you, well, obviously as, as your company's growing you've got to take you've got to take more people on absolutely yeah, at some point you've got to you've got to trust people to do the uh, the work so yeah so we're just wondering about that I, just going back to the first question where it says biology, geography and business, their qualities I see as a, as a strength rather than a, someone who doesn't know what to do and mm. having a mixed kind of selection of interests. So with, with that in mind, just wondering what kind of qualities do you look for when you're hiring people? I think um, th- there's obviously a multitude of factors. I think you've got to see some sort of passion for the role don't necessarily need to be living or breathing the company but they have to look interested and be in it for the long run you don't just want someone to pack Mm. boxes or respond to emails um the other thing is sort of being able to sort of connect if you're interviewing or you're speaking it's you sometimes bold you see that rapport instantly either you have it or you don't and you know you're going to be you know nine to five maybe more with this person and you need to get on on a personal level. You need to respect yeah. one another. Do some travelling together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's good. Uh, I know with I know with we've talked in the past with Google. They look for flexibility mm. because they mm. want people to rather than lay somebody off in the future and then hire mm. someone else. You want people to adapt with the company and be flexible. So is that something yeah. you kind of think is a good? Indeed. Yeah, yeah. M- that massively resonates with with what I would look for. It's 
in a startup, it there's not really a set job role. You know, yeah. we're still yeah. only a team of four, yeah. and you know, it might be order packing, it might be emails, it might be marketing, and you, that person needs to be able to you know handle the daily trials and tribulations of a startup culture. How many have you got in your company at the moment, maybe? Um, there's there's four, including mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, so st- still very small, yeah, more small stage, yeah. but. Uh, uh, big plans, and we're all working yeah. well together. Well, we always say the small, ultra small micro SMEs are really more disruptive yeah, yeah. than the big organisations. Mm-hmm. So it's clearly, it, it works first, here. Yeah. It's another good example. Yeah. yeah. So, Craig, um, you know, Print City was set up to work closely with SMEs, as, as Craig said there. But what what can you sort of summarise for us, Craig, about what we offer to businesses such as such as Ravi's? Yeah, um, we're open for business. We want to collaborate. We want to work together. Um, the reason we set up Print City, we were we were a bit fed up of the lack of collaboration across the additive manufacturing sector. So we're looking for businesses to come and try before they buy on on 3D, learn digital skills. You know, for example, working with with, with Ravi and his products, we can obviously test it, feedback. Um, we get access to a new product. We can then put that into our education system. So it com- complements the whole full cycle, really. Um, and so, yeah, the bottom line is we are open for business and something we're going to keep focusing on. I think that's something Prince SE3 is the main focus of yeah. as well, yes. isn't it, at some point? And um, got another question for you, Ravi. Uh, so you decided to start, obviously, your own business, started selling your own manufactured recycled filament. Just a little bit on how you got started and, um, you know, what kind of kit did you did you sort of invest in? We've just been talking to some of our master's students about this, is whether do you go, you know, you're setting up a business, do you go down the huge investment um, premises, equipment, or do you start with a laptop and see where it goes? It, to be honest, the laptop is probably the best bet. Is the short answer. Um, of course, you can seek funding for large equipment and whatnot, and it was definitely a challenge we faced. Uh, for example, the first funding prize we got was five thousand from Shell Livewire, uh, and um, as we were saying earlier, it's uh, you know you can't buy a, a filament machine with that money. You can't even hire the people needing to operate it. So you've sort of got to collaborate, be flexible. A very important skill and work with others that can maybe you know outsource production manufacture for you on a sort of uh, you know piece rate basis and start small and and build up okay so um and so what was the process did you buy kit in or did you did you speak to other manufacturers that were you were going to build a partnership with a relationship with we initially bought a small scale extruder just for a bit of testing uh, just to sort of uh you know gain a bit of knowledge on the product quickly learned you can't really uh you know sell you know wide scale filament from a small uh 500 pound machine but uh we went down the collaboration route with it with a large manufacturer not only could they manufacture but that it was a bit of a two birds one stone they actually had waste available for us to recycle in situ as it were so they were sort of addressing two of our challenges sort of production and a source of waste plastic to, to begin Great. Okay, okay. Thank you. So you work with uh, you work with schools, you work with businesses and retailers. So I think you're pretty much well placed to uh, give some indication of the adoption of 3D print ownership or 3D printer ownership in these sectors. Have you what sort of rise have you seen with adoption of you know machines? Is it uh, it's increased massively? Um, it's I think every every week we we're gaining sort of a a client and he'll he or she will be explaining what they're doing and it's, it's something totally that we didn't expect it might be automotive applications it might be within education it, it might even be like a, a marketing project where an agency down in london want to work with a big retail brand 
to, to do some sort of recycle sustainability project and they want to partner with somebody that can create a recycled product. Well, there's definitely a lot more of it now than there was a week ago, a month ago. It's just constantly, I mean, if you look, you plot the curve, it would probably quite steep <laughs> towards the right-hand side. Exponential, absolutely. So um, this is probably the only question we like you rehearse because we you explained this to our students next door about five <laughs> minutes ago. Uh, do your environmental credentials drive a certain type of customer to your door? I think so. I think we're very no, well known in the market, at least becoming that way for being the sustainable choice. Um, most customers coming to us have some sort of green value, whether that's as an individual, or they have a strong uh, sustainable procurement policy within their you know organisation where they have to buy recycled or be able to have a recyclable product. So we're very much attracting that new generation uh, eco customer. But interestingly, not everyone is always interested in sustainable. Some customers just like the quality of the product, which is you know the main thing, the, the main thing they use it for. But mainly eco, I think, is the. So I mean, in an in industry for, for with three D printers, you know, one on every desk potentially, <laughs> um, it's relatively young, and there's not a lot of regulation um, that I'm aware of at the moment for um, what you have to have in place to own a three D printer, but. I'm guessing your best case scenario is they come up with some legislation that everybody has to use some kind of recycled mm-hmm. material. That would yeah. be the best case scenario I, for you. I think it would, and potentially we're not far away from it. Mm. Potentially not in 3D printing alone, but yeah. we could see you know, VAT-free recycled plastics or maybe a, a levy on imported non-recycled. Mm-hmm. And it all feeds into benefiting us as a recycled plastic company. Um, I do feel it's needed. Obviously, from a business point of view, we would benefit. But I think otherwise, there's just going to be further increases in uh, you know, plastic production. Yeah. So we've been working in this area for a while, Ravi, as you know. That's how we got to know each other. Absolutely. Um, and we're very passionate about the circular economy and, and, and closing that loop. And um, we, I mean, MMU, hosts and, and runs the Circular Economy Club uh, for Greater Manchester. Um, so regularly, we get like-minded individuals in the room. Um, but what I always find is it's as probably what you said a little bit, but a little bit ago that you know it's nice to have, but not essential. You know, what's your thoughts on circular economy, and how can we make that next step to really make that jump? I think the circular economy—it's obviously a term that's used mm. a lot more now, mm. and it's it's not always as sincere from certain people that yeah. are using it. I think it's a goal. Mm-hmm. It's quite idealistic. I feel yeah. in summary, not everything can be circular. Sure, but I think it's a target. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of it can start with us as consumers, as individuals. It's, yeah. you know, whether it's water use or mm-hmm. plastic use, I think we need to think circular uh, as individuals. And businesses need to think about what they can do, minimizing waste. Can we recycle? And ultimately, t- together, maybe again, partly idealistic, but mm-hmm. you have to do your bit. It won't be top yes. down, it's bottom up, I think. Mm-hmm. That That's would great. be my summary. Yeah. You talked this morning about looking for gaps in markets, and mm. uh, I think on your year in enterprise, you did a year in enterprise on your course. Um, so you started Filamentive. Is that where you started on that on that gap on, on that Absolutely. year? Absolutely. On, on that wow. year. So, and so you spotted in the market that everyone was bringing in materials from the from the Far East. So you thought, why not bring them mm. in from Europe? So did did the did everything go as planned? Did Filamentive go as planned? Did it take the same route you intended, or? How far did the 3,000 go you got on the Enterprise? <laughs> not very far, not very far. You quickly learn that uh, startups burn a lot of cash. But I, th- I think initially, from my initial experience of selling 3D printers, I realised 
an opportunity in materials. That's as far as it got. I then obviously saw opportunity to, to gain funding for recycling. So then the idea became recycled materials or recycled plastics. But initially it was just to have a European brand, potentially having PLA, which is a, a bioplastic as we know, but not necessarily recycled. So it, it, it very much morphed and that's quite common in startups. You don't always end up offering or having the same USP or brand identity. And that's where the flexibility comes from, especially when it's just me at the start. You can change direction and be, be quite uh, agile. Did you find the people who were on your course had the same sort of ambition or were they, they, everyone seemed to want different things out of it? It was quite varied. It was a very small uh, cohort, actually. It was like 25 of us on the mm. course. So it was quite an, an intimate class. Um, you know, people, you know, my fellow grad, you know, graduates have gone into, you know, councils, working in waste management. They've gone into corporate, uh, working in sustainability, but also marketing. Uh, no one I'm, I'm aware of has started a business, but from yeah. casual conversations, a couple are thinking about it. And mm. it's it's getting common in students now. I think one yeah. in three students yeah. at one point want to start a business, mm. which is, is quite positive wow. for the yeah. for the economy. Yeah, that's great. So you uh, you talk about corporates. The uh, you mm. won the the Shell Livewire Smarter Future Award. You you won that. So what clinched it for you, Robbie? So that was one of the first awards we won. Uh, the Shell Shell Livewire Smarter Future Award. So it's a, it's a monthly award of five thousand pounds to uh, anyone aged eighteen to thirty with an environmental mm. themed idea, whether it's transport, recycling. Uh, or whatever it might be. Should make a quick note of that. <laughs> <laughs> You're too old, Pete. Uh, oh, right, okay. You, you <laughs> might scrape it. Our students out now, Ed. Our students yeah, out. Yeah. It'll be good for them, I think. It's, it's, it's a good, even, you know, as I was saying, even if you don't succeed with an application, you'll. it's a good chance to apply for uh, something. Absolutely, good advice. Good advice. So um, what's your main to, main day-to-day role? You know, really you like to get under under the skin, under the bonnet of the car. You know, <laughs> what, what's a typical day for you? You know, run us through, you get up, you know, how's it going and, and how's the day end? So it, it can vary, mm. which is the, mm. the short answer, uh, not the exciting answer, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, we're a small team. Yeah. You know, we, we go through the orders in the morning, uh-huh. uh, see if there's any, you know, important emails to deal with. Yeah you know several meetings come up sometimes mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. get kindly invited to do talks at yeah, universities yeah, as well <laughs> so that that's an increasing part you know like i guess it's you know part of my role to sort of be an evangelist for like recycling and 3d printing and yeah, also yeah. collaborate with companies like print city i think mm-hmm, we could do mm-hmm. some great stuff together um you know speaking with suppliers that's a very important thing yeah uh, but problems arise you know our mm. server was down for a, about a week <laughs> on and off last week so that's the headache you don't really want, but yeah. it's a startup and you get these challenges and every no two days are the same and it's yeah. probably a reason why I still get up every morning and look forward to whatever challenges uh, that's, await. That's, that's brilliant. I know. It's, uh, you have a lot of travel in your diary, don't you, Craig? It, I, you, I do. A lot of travel in, as well? <sighs> Most, it's getting that way. I mean, uh, I'm fortunate that the office is only about five miles from home, so it's about mm. tw- 20 minutes, 20 minute drive. Um, but, you know, do visiting some of the clients, you know, down in London or some of the universities, uh, as we are here in Manchester. Yeah, it's, it's all healthy when you when you've got uh, you got family at home because I know yeah. Craig's flying out to China in <laughs> early November. I don't go that far. No, he's out. China. He's out in China all week. <laughs> he flies back on Thursday. He's home for literally twenty five hours before he flies off to Las Vegas. So I know. Vegas. I know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're off. We're all off to Las Vegas. Let me know next time, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you probably need to go to next year, Robbie. Yeah. Yeah. So in the three years since you set up Filamentive, how's how's the business changed? How's industry changed? 
I think one thing that's really helped us uh, from a, an environmental standpoint is people are becoming more green. And I, I reckon when I had the idea, it, it wasn't like that. The industry as a whole, uh, in combination with being more green, I think, as we were saying, there's more adopters of the technology, uh, more hobbyists about, more corporates getting into it. The people in education, obviously, it's uh, a different type of beast, but you guys have, have done the right job at Prince City. And I think, um, you know, some of the other universities are maybe still have still need to work on being a bit more you know innovative with their 3d printing but we're seeing it now everyone's using the uh you know the latest and greatest and it's 3d printing is very much increasing which is a good sign for our market uh there are more entrants more competition um uh, it's always healthy keep showing your toes you don't get complacent and uh, it's a bit more extra motivation to get up and try to be better than the the other companies yeah. out there so do you do you see the day when 3d printed in every home uh, is that you know, do you think we're already there? Is this, is this I know this maybe a bit sounds like a silly bit of a question, but do you think that's good for your business? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I think <laughs> I think it would be a good thing. I think, especially if it's still FDM three D printing using plastic. <laughs> um, I don't personally envisage a three D printing every home. No, mm. I think we'll get to the point where we'll know somebody with a three D printer. Yeah, everyone will yeah, know somebody yeah. with a three D printer. I don't, I don't know if you guys I think agree. That's what Craig touched yeah, on I this do. morning. Yeah. I, th yeah. I think for me, I see it more as a an, an enabling technology that yep. if people get the skills the CAD skills or the desire to, to make something yep. then they need that outlet whether it be a makerspace a university or whatever Precisely. obviously some, some people will have, have the machines and that's the way I see it and that market will I think undoubtedly grow I think really the future is really with the commercial mm -hmm. side mm -hmm. of it Indeed. Um, and also I think from a company like yourself where you've seen your you know you've got the, the USP you've you're working on kind of green credentials, which is great. Um, you're very personable, so you've got you know you're going to build that nice relationship up. Service. Um, what about content? Are you thinking of moving into the content side of things as well? And um, when I say content, I'm thinking about you know things that people can actually do when they've got the printer or lesson plans for schools, that kind of thing. I think it's always been an idea. Um, I, I don't think it's on the immediate horizon, and we've. I think in terms of the lesson plans, we've already seen people in the market doing great things. Yeah. Uh, Phil Cotton, Learn yeah, by Layers, yeah. I think you've had him as a guest previously. Yeah, Phil's yeah. been, yeah. Um, I think our role and my role maybe um, is as a collaborator and building partnerships, yeah. mm -hmm. working with people like Phil Cotton. Yes. He's a great evangelist for 3D yep. printing education. If he's indirectly advocating our materials, yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, and, you know, building on the university yeah. relationships print city very much you know we we could look into these things but it'd be going away from our business yeah, model very wise let the guys focus yeah. doing yeah. doing yeah. it well it's and we'll work with them it's a collaboration isn't it precisely 100 yeah. percent. so back back to you evie you know yeah. all work and no play or do you have an outlet you know we're we're runners in print city um i don't know if we told you before we run 42 miles the other week but, uh, <laughs> I, all, I don't all, all ed does he runs for trains only to find <laughs> the, they've cancelled <laughs> yeah that's my typical day yeah yeah so ravi what do you do to relax out of work I am um, from the fitness angle. I probably don't have much stamina as you guys, uh, but uh, I do go to the gym. Yeah, I think that helps. You know, it's it's quite good for focus, keeping healthy. I try go you know around you know lunchtime sometimes. Yeah, as a bit of a break mm. between my day, if I can. Uh, football, as you know, it's quite quite okay. a common uh, quite a common hobby. It's uh, 
indifferent time being a Man United fan. I'm <laughs> in the right city, though. You are. <laughs> so do you, do you end up working weekends, or, do you, or are you very you know strict on yourself to stick to five days? Or I, th- I feel I always feel like I'm mentally working, mm. as in thinking, or, yeah. or there's some something I need to do for the Monday. Uh, I reply yeah. to emails on a weekend. I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, if something comes up, I'll I'll, I'll deal with it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not physically in the office. Uh, mm. You know, our business park closes on a weekend, so it okay. probably helps. Yeah. <laughs> helps give yeah. me a weekend. Um, but I think if, you know it's not just startups. If you're really committed to what you're doing, it yeah. you never truly switch off. Maybe, Absolutely. but maybe I'm speaking for myself. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So at the moment where you are with Filamentive, and you know you got your business, it's growing, and you've got your staff. Um, everything's rosy in the garden, as we say. But does the entrepreneur in you think I want to try something else? I think um, not. Not something else instead of, but maybe something in, in addition to what you're already mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it definitely crosses my mind, Pete. Um, whether it's advancing filamented, like something similar, like mm. you know, working on more recycling or, or, or something else, it's I'd love to be able to do something else as well. I love filamented, it will always be uh, the baby, as it were. It's helped me get to where I am, and hopefully, touch wood, it, it stays that way. But um, I'm always thinking of new things, not always 3D printing, it's you're full of ideas, mm. so mm. hopefully me focusing on filamentum <clears throat> doing well then enables the next adventure in a way so it definitely crosses my mind well I've addressed the football question I think Craig's got something yeah, to do yeah. with music so you know we like to take inspiration from music especially Oasis given you know we're in Manchester oh, absolutely. Um, and definitely maybe an album that came out and it was nothing like it before and it opened the album with rock and roll star right in your face and you know you listen to something very special and the album's regarded as being a seminal entry of the Britpop scene but I find what's really interesting is what happens. So you think about it, you've got two lads from Burnage on their way up, want to do well, they're hungry for it, they've got no money, uh, and then they drive very hard, and then they reach the pinnacle, some might say. Yeah, you get that, Pete? No. Got that. That's all <laughs> you did there, yeah. so, uh, some might say. I, I might write a paper on this. Yeah, my imagination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, here we go. But uh, when they get to the pinnacle, uh, you, you may argue that the next album's not as good, it's on the way down. Mm. You know, and they've lost that hunger and, th- and they can't relate to the same people they were on the way up. You know, Noel Gallagher said, you know, it's hard to write songs to relate to those who have nothing. You know, you, if I'm living in a million pound house, how can I relate to you know, where I've come from? Yeah. So <coughs> I think we see it in a lot of, lot of, lot of areas. And same could be said for Prince City. You know, we, we've hit the top here. Um, we're always told we're totally unique in the, in the world. Uh, and I believe we are. But we've got more coming out. We've got, we've got a couple of Prince City, two, three or four. We keep driving forward. So in terms of, of you, Ravi, and Filamentive, you know, what's your music inspiration first? And you know, how are you going to keep pushing Filamentive to that next step? I think so. I've, I've got a wider intro music interest myself. Um, you know, even Radio 3 is a guilty pleasure when I'm driving. Uh, yeah. It helps to stay relaxed. I think a lot of these... Uh, so I, I do like a lot of uh, rap, hip-hop music, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a lot of the stories, you know, people are coming from hardship yeah yeah and not necessarily that's my background but it's that case of starting from zero yeah and everyone's zero is relative um and it's a case of someone's worked hard to be where they want to be and uh, that that's common in any it's not just uh, that genre but it's a case of you know not only do i like their music mm, but mm. i like their journey and they they, yeah. they 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 talk and the lyrics are about Mm. where they've come from and that 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 relates to the maybe yeah. oasis point yeah. and yeah eventually they might have the million mm. pound house the car the jewelry <laughs> whatever but they d- you don't forget where you were yes and uh they're 
they're inspiring the next generation. Yeah. Even in a sporting angle, like you know, Anthony Joshua with the boxing. Yeah. He can, yeah. He's, he's come from you know even a criminal background, and uh, if he can inspire one person mm, mm. Uh, through his yeah. great achievements, then that that's what it's all about. I mean, my my personal one was with running was with Ron Hill. You know, he's yeah. in his seventies. Um, marathon runner for England invented the string vest. He's a polymer chemist, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, you know he's still going. He's uh, he's had a setback, but uh, recently, but he's such a figurehead for for running mm-hmm. and getting mm-hmm. the average person, you know, off off the feet. But absolutely. So your current string focus vest. is on um, growing filamentive to be you know a major player in desktop three D printing, but. Um, a longer and longer term ambition is maybe to give back to other young entrepreneurs or funding ideas, especially startups, sustainable <coughs> startups. Um, and you were asked this, uh, you know, tell them reading this off a script, can't you? Because I read this <laughs> online. <laughs> but you said you feel a huge, you would feel a huge satisfaction by helping others on the business. So you've been with our students this morning. Yeah, so uh, you spent some time giving us a really good uh, presentation and really, really great talk this morning. Thank so you. thank you for that. Um, any nuggets of advice that you can give to our students on their journey to their careers? Yeah, absolutely. As, as Pete was saying, it's uh, I'd love to give back, and it, I might not be in the position to give financially as of yet. But even some advice, so my, if my experience helps somebody else, you know that that means a, a lot to me. It's a lot of satisfaction, and uh, you know, to anyone wanting to succeed, it's not about business. It's career, academia, sport, personal relationships, whatever it might be. I think um, you've got to. You know, make use of your networks, your people that you know, friends, family, uh, whatever it takes to take that next step. Because it's not going to be a massive leap. It's getting work experience and internship. Do you want to, you know, do you want to start boxing? Do you need to, you know, ask your friend who runs a boxing gym or, or something like that? Whatever it might be, there'll be someone you know that can help you. Um, I think, as always, don't be scared to fail. Um you know, if something doesn't go well, you you don't fail. You either learn or you succeed. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the quote you came up with this morning: "Success is about getting up one more time than you fall." Absolutely. It, I can't remember yeah. who the person was. I can't remember his name, but uh, it's yes. on the PowerPoint somewhere. Yeah, it's a good one to um, <laughs> yeah. remember. Yeah. It's yeah. a rocky story. Yeah. Mm. So, so yeah. Um, let's just talk about going back to your filament. Really, um, you know, do you, do you get it pre-sorted yourself and? Um, how do you always ensure it's consistent for predictable results? So Ed would always be interested about the print quality. Yeah. People like myself and you would be interested about the material side. So, Absolutely. You know, what, how do you make sure what goes into it and how do you how do you tell your customers, you know, the guarantee? So um, as we touched on, it's quite a flexible production model. It's, yeah. it's not in-house. We do work with partners, uh, quite large, credible partners that are, you know, have years of experience mm. in polymers. Mm. Um, more so than myself, you know, it's mm-hmm. uh, I very much came in from like a, just trying to start a business. I wasn't yeah. a, a polymer scientist or even an engineering student. Uh, yeah. I came in from the business angle. So we do rely on them for not just verifying the waste quality, but the printing qualities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They test every batch. There's a batch number on the product boxes. And uh, our guarantee to customers is that it will be high quality. It's going to work yeah. very well. Yeah. If it doesn't, manufacturing defects can occur. Obviously, yeah. it's uh, yeah. natural, but we'll sort it out. Brilliant. And uh, we're trying to be as best as possible. Great. You mentioned in the talk to the students about is it, um, British standards or ISO? ISO, um, yeah, yeah. Standards. International standards. You're working to kind of strict um, specifications anyway along that point. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's the next stage, to be honest. So, hmm. a, a, Any business can claim anything. And obviously that's not to say what we claim isn't it true. It's just got to be credible. 
ISO obviously certify a lot of things, and uh, I believe it's the ISO fourteen twenty one is the recycled content and uh, labeling uh, certification. So instead of saying up to ninety percent, we then need to go through work with our partners. What did we produce in the last three, six, nine months? Yeah, yeah, and do a breakdown per material. Uh-huh. What was recycled? What wasn't? Yes, and yeah. have a nice PDF for customers to say yeah. this is verified and this was the amount of recycled content. Great. Yeah. So it's kind of open, and you need to be open that you transparency. Yeah, so transparency. Yeah. Yeah. So, so very clearly, we can tell from where you know, we've been speaking today, Renata. We're clearly a leader in your field. That's why I want to bring you in and spy our MSC <laughs> cohorts and, and disruptors. I always like to ask this question um, of, of most people that come in to see us. You know, what are the three words that you would give to someone to inspire them to be like you in five years? So you you meet them today. What are those three words you're going to tell them? Well, that's big words to yeah. be like me. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not in every aspect. <laughs> uh, three words together or three separate? Whatever. You know, f- you know, three nuggets of advice or three three words that would describe someone to get to where they want to be. You know, from what you've learned to become a leading entrepreneur. Just to, just to give you some sort of background. Um, good question. Yeah, Keith Brown, who we had in, he says yeah. you need dedication, desire. ability, and desire, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And um, so those sort of things mm. for for him, but. Maybe these, those ring true for mm. They res- definitely mm. resonate. Yeah. Uh, whatever you do, I think that's important. I think um, bold, to be yeah. bold, maybe that's two, two out of three that's taken. Good. That's yeah. good, yeah. Um, that's it's about taking that taking risk, taking steps. So that's maybe the first word or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, resilience. Resilience, that's a good one. Good one. Absolutely, definitely. I like resilience. Yeah, you know, get back on your feet after being knocked down again. Yeah, precisely. So, you know, you know, to go forward, you have to look backwards sometimes. And we can see that in everything we do. We, we learn from our mistakes that we were talking before. You know, so let's rewind backwards to start a filamentive. Yep. What would you do differently and why? I think, uh, of, of course, in hind- hindsight, it's a wonderful mm, thing. Um, I think I would not rush into essentially launching. Okay. So one of the one of the drawbacks of finding that partner was that we could launch straight away because yeah. they had something ready to produce in a number of months. Yeah. But as I was saying to the MSC students earlier, it's, you need that marketing. It's, you can't go straight from product to the mm. to the customer. Yeah. Marketing isn't just advertising promotions. It's a verb. It's getting to market, whether that's print advertising online, understanding your customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I say I'd do it differently, but I'm glad I learned. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just part of the mm-hmm. cycle. It's just like iteration. It's mm-hmm. it's like design yeah. almost. Yeah. Um, potentially wouldn't focus on the reselling route, which I did at the start, trying to get resellers on board. Okay. Probably try go direct to the unis. Yeah, you know, get some market okay. feedback. So we've gone back in time. So if we go forward in time, yeah. so you know, Prince City is going to be here for a while. You come back in five years. Yeah. You know, what are you going to tell me about Filamentive and and how do you think Prince City could work together? Well, I hope it's still going. I hope I'm still yeah. uh, employed, uh, <laughs> you know, by the company, and uh, hopefully we're we're all still about and having yeah. good conversations. Um, I think there's a move, especially in FD, not even FDM, it's sort of FGF, uh-huh, uh-huh. the sort of uh, pellet 3D printing. Yeah, yeah. Not only is there a move to large-scale printing, but the recycling is important, mm. and the studies suggest that this FGF technology, otherwise, I think it's known as other other things, depending on the patent. Uh, firstly, it's mm. lower cost because companies do not have to process into filament. Secondly recycling polymers is easier because again it, you don't have to have it 
feasibly made into filament. Yeah. It's just pellets. It yeah. could even be flakes. Absolutely. Uh, and thirdly, the flow rate is incredible. I think one of these the Swedish startups, their large extruder can spit out about 40 kilos an hour. Mm. And wow. I, I can only dream about how big uh, that mm. print could yeah. be. Yeah. So <laughs> how much material? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be good. Um, but I think we, we'd pivot towards that. I think we'd be doing okay. that. I don't think it might not even be filament in five years' time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah never still plastic. Ever. Yeah. Okay. But maybe uh, a different technology. Hopefully, we're still a leader of of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think well, you're um, well placed for it. Yeah, yeah I think definitely. it's been really useful for you to come and speak to our students today, for them to experience, yeah. you know, entrepreneur right in the field that they're interested in, and one who's so young, it just think it must resonate with them mm. as well. That yeah. you know, so, yeah. I'm not far off that myself if I, if, I, if I try. But um, we do thank you for coming, joining us, Ravi. I mean, I've just checked BBC News, and there's three lorries on fire on the M62. So, <laughs> 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 I'm just sleeping here tonight. Then. Good yeah. luck on the way home. But uh, many thanks for joining us once again. Yeah. Thank you, Ravi. Thanks, Ravi. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. Cheers, guys.